Thank you. So, as Ben said, I'm Mike, and I am one of the team here at, H here at HT, and I am very, very excited about Christmas. I'm at that point, I'm one of those people when it gets to, like, kind of November, any time in November, you know, I hear Christmas music, I'm like, oh, it's too early, it's too early, this is the outrageous, you know, someone starts bringing out mince pies, I'm like, what are you doing? How, how dare you bring out mince pies at this point in the year? It's not Christmas yet. And then 1st of December hits, and I'm like, everything... Bring on the Christmas music, you know, start playing it everywhere. I'm like, literally everything in our house has Christmas music on. I'm like, Christmas jumpers, Christmas decorations start going up, you know, everything. Mince pies for every meal. It's great. So for me, like, this is it now. I'm in now, fully Christmas time, okay? I'm excited. And, you know, I admit that for some people, Christmas, super exciting, very exciting. But I do appreciate that at the same time, Christmas can be very stressful, Okay, there's you know, the ridiculous amount of jobs that need to get done, there's the present buying, the present wrapping, there's the traveling, there's the, the military organization of cooking Christmas dinner, so all these things. In my family when we were growing up, the, uh, the line we had with my brothers and sisters was, it's not Christmas until someone's in tears. And obviously that's kind of part of it as well, just the sort of busyness. But as well as this, Christmas can really throw up those um, bigger challenges. There's the, the sort of disparity between how happy or the joy we want everyone to experience, and then also the kind of times of sort of suffering and difficulty that we know go on around the world, we see it on the TV, that we experience in our own lives, we see it in our community. There's that disparity there, which really sort of highlights um, the kind of pain of, of around Christmas as well. Um, and for many people, where it should be a time that makes them sort of drawn towards God, it can also make them go, oh, where is God? And so for this, this is why I want to talk about peace today. And peace is a stillness in the soul amid the rushing waters of the world. It is a way of being that is not dependent on the situation around us. Peace is a characteristic of Christ, and it is a fruit of his spirit in our lives. So if you are a Christian, the peace of God is available to you. Peace is found in the presence of God. And, because, um, and I would love it if this Christmas and kind of on afterwards, our community, our, our church, peace was a defining characteristic of us. This isn't just something that kind of a couple of people, you go, oh, they're really chilled out, yeah, they're good. It's something that as a community, we go, yes, we are a peaceful people. We have this peace. Um, and I want it for us because I know how good it will be for us, but also because it's so attractive to the world around us. It's a bit like, it's that kind of idea of like, you know, cozy armchair, warm fire, hot chocolate, while you're walking home through the storm. You know, that idea of that peace in the midst of darkness, I think it's something that really attracts the world um, towards Jesus. Now, there's a terrifying thing about preaching, and I'm kind of learning this the more I do it, is that when you make a big statement, like, peace is available for everyone, peace is so great, peace is lovely, you know that there are so many situations, that, you know, even just in this room, let alone in the world around us, where people go, you have absolutely no idea what I've been through. You have absolutely no idea what I'm going through right now. Or they just think, you are so naive. You do not know what's going on in the world. Have you seen the news recently? Why are you talking about peace? And, and I think that's true of something preachers have to wrestle with and deal with. I think it's also something we as a church and as churches like ours do. You, know, you often get, I get the criticism usually from other Christians who go, oh, they're kind of a happy, clappy church, you know, because they sing and they make lots of noise. And, and it can often be the idea is that, oh, they're kind of quite mindless and naive, and they put their hands up and sing really happily, but they don't really deal with the reality. My, um, my brother, he does a lot of outdoor pursuits. That's kind of what he's done his career in. And he was um, telling me a story the other day about a time when he went climbing a mountain in China, and it's sort of big snowy mountain. You know, we're talking thousands of thousands of feet high. Lose one of these. Um, and 
He was walking along the edge of this cliff, looking out over the view, thinking, man, this is amazing, this is beautiful. He's there, and he thinks he's pretty safe. You know, he says he's got a few meters from the edge. And he said it was only a few years later that he realized how much danger he was, because he, he went on a course, and they told him about how when you get um, wind on the mountains, it blows, almost if you imagine it's on the edge, it blows off the snow all the way over the edge and kind of refreezes, a bit like icicles going out. And it keeps going, keeps going. It can go for meters out, and you imagine that it just sort of like this precipice that goes out so you've got like a few feet of soft snow over a thousand foot drop and I think sometimes people think that Christian peace is a bit like that you know we walk along the edge looking at the lovely view not realizing that beneath us is this massive drop and at any moment people are going to realize the real challenges of the world and it's all going to drop away but I actually think that the opposite is true this is what I want to grab today and really make sure that we've understood Because there's an incredible passage in the book of Isaiah where the prophet writes, and he writes this one line. He says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. I'll read it again. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So this prophet, he gets a vision from God, and he sees um, God seated on a throne. And the, the thing is, is, is like, so when, when, our, when our queen died, you know, that was a pretty emotional time. It was difficult. It, we struggled as a nation. But on the whole, it's a very different setting to 750 years before Christ when um, a king dying literally meant that the whole nation was thrown into turmoil. I mean, this is like, you know, there could be a military coup. It could be someone else taking over. It could be another nation comes and invades. Everything is thrown. All the laws could be changed. Everything is thrown into chaos. And so... And so Isaiah is writing this at this time where he sees this chaos taking place on earth, and he gets this vision of God seated on the throne. And it's, it's like, and the vision is to say, like, God is not panicking. God is not worried. God's not going, oh my goodness, who's going to be the next king? What am I going to do? God is high and exalted and seated on the throne. He is completely in control. And even when everything seems to be going down the pan, peace is found in the presence of God. And so, therefore, Christian peace, for me, does not come from ignorance of the world and the things that are going on. It comes from knowing a deeper spiritual reality about God. Like, I'm not a big fan of flying, so when we're taking off and you start hearing those noises, and it's just the, it's just the normal noise of the plane, but in my head, I naturally think, oh, my goodness, it's about to explode. The wing's about to fall off. The landing gear hasn't come down. The landing has come up too quickly. The landing gear, everything starts going through my head. And the only way that I can kind of get myself some peace in that moment, you know, aside from prayer and being very spiritual, is I look at the, um, uh, the cabin crew. And if they're sitting there, they're smiling, and they're clearly thinking, oh, this is the seventh time I've done this today, and I'm so bored. And they're very happy, and they're smiling. Suddenly, that gives me a lot of peace. Because when a noise, you know, if there was a noise that wasn't meant to be there, they'd know about it. They'd, make, they'd react, they'd find. But they're just sitting there, absolutely happy. So when that little clunk goes there, and I'm like grabbing the sides of my um, seat, trying to hold the plane together by sheer, sheer force of will, I kind of know, look at them, and I go, it's okay. And so when Isaiah looks up and sees this image of God seated on the throne, you kind of go, ah, it's okay. There's peace. He, there, he's, not, there's, he's getting a glimpse of a spiritual reality, like a little look behind the scenes. He gets to see that God is sitting down. And for us, we can replace Isaiah's statement. We can say, in the year that Queen Elizabeth died, I saw the Lord high and exalted and seated on the throne. In the year that we had three different prime ministers, I saw the Lord high and exalted and seated on the throne. In the year that Russia invaded Ukraine and threw the whole of Europe into chaos, the Lord is still high and exalted, seated on the throne. 
in the year we have this incredible cost of living crisis, in the year where I wasn't sure how I was going to pay my rent, in the year where I got ill, in the year where I lost my job, the Lord is high and exalted and seated on the throne. Whatever the situation, peace is found in the presence of God. And I, I do find it incredibly frustrating when usually other Christians have this call church like ours, happy and cla- happy clappy, because it completely undermines the incredible faith that is required to look at the problems in the world, to be completely aware of them, and to still turn to God in, in worship and say that God is good. Like, I'm still getting to know people in this church. Like, I've, you know, some people I know better than others, and I'm sort of hearing other people's stories. But one thing is I've, I've realized is that there are a lot of people here who have unbelievably, have been through incredibly challenging things, that have been through unbelievable amounts of pain, have seen suffering, which is unfair, and, and yet still they come to church on a Sunday their hands or they raise their voices or they sing and they turn up each week and it just makes me go oh my goodness like that is faith there's nothing naive there's nothing ignorant of that that is incredible faith and it it inspires me Um, that is a resilient joy that comes from the holy spirit the peace of god is a bit like when kids are learning to swim i don't know if anyone's done this when you put them in the water Okay, I'm picturing my son Sam right now. You put them in the water and they go nuts. They're like, ah, and then you go, and then you just put your feet down. And they realize that the water only goes up to their waist. And they just go, and there's a moment where they just go, oh, yeah, cool, it's okay, it's fine. I think actually for us, knowing God's peace, like nothing has changed in the water around them, but knowing they have a solid ground to stand on makes the, makes the completely changes the experience. You know, fear vanishes, the worries go, and the possibility of enjoy in the water playing, but also for us in our lives, suddenly begins to emerge. And Isaiah, that book, is, is a book that points upwards, but it also points forwards to the future, this hope in Christ. So while we are assured that um, by this truth, whatever the situation we face down here, God in heaven is in control, that can also be like... <laughs> can make us feel like God is quite distant. We go, oh, great, we're all panicking and struggling down here, and you're sitting up, sitting up there and not doing anything. You know, that, that, that's a, a reality. I don't know if anyone's had that experience, but that's genuinely been moments in my life where things have been really hard, and I'm like, oh, where are you? You know, great, you're sitting up there, you're still in control, but it doesn't feel like that right now. And I think that's why the Christmas story is so profound, because the peace of God up there becomes the peace of God that comes down here. In the Christmas story, that God, that ultimate spiritual reality, invades our world, and the peace of God God is poured out onto the earth and made available to all mankind. Peace is found in the presence of God. Uh, I want us to read the account. I was going to come up and read. Um, And it's the account of Jesus' birth. And even though I'm going to hone in on one small part, I wanted to read the whole thing because it's Christmas and we get to read this part. Um, And it's just such a beautiful moment in history. So, yeah, you have to So I'm reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place whilst Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. 
She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Cheers. Thank you very much. I absolutely love the Christmas story. I just think it's, it's so good that you have the almighty God who created the entire universe coming down, born in a stable because there was no guest room available. Do you think the angels turned to each other and were like, oh my goodness, which one of us was in charge of bookings? Oh, how do we let this happen? The utter outrageousness of this. Sorry, God, there's no room at the inn. Uh, the Christmas story is a, is a little bit crazy. Like, cause then you come the angels, they come in heralding the good news, this invent, event of incredible cosmic significance, and they want the whole world to know it, except everyone's asleep because it's the middle of the night. So they have to go out to the hillsides and find some shepherds who happen to be the only people awake at the time, and they tell them instead and get them to come along. And then you get the gospel, in the Gospel of Matthew, you get the story of the wise men who, you know, God sends a star for them to follow. I mean, if someone sends you a star, you follow the star, but instead they go, oh, no, we'll go a different way. Like, who ignores the sat-nav? It's like, so they go the opposite way, they go to the wrong place, they almost miss the whole thing. And it's just this crazy, because in the, you know, as messianic births go, this one is a, it's a bit of a shambles. It's just there's this chaos that takes place. And I love it because even though it is chaos, in the middle of it is Jesus. And the declaration of the angels in this crazy situation is glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. The entry of Jesus into human history makes available a profound peace that is not dependent on circumstance. It is a peace that is available to everyone through Christ. God comes down to, into earth in a dirty stable in a time of political and social upheaval, lives the life of a peasant, dies a horrible death on a cross, and in the life, and in the life of Jesus, God fully engages with reality. So when Christians read the Bible, we're reading deeply human stories of loss and suffering, hope and perseverance, betrayal, disappointment and faith. Like there's no 
when you read the Bible, you're not getting like a, a nice, lovely version of, of the world. You get everything, all the chaos, all the darkness, all the problems. And, and, you get, and you see God throughout all of it. And even church history is full of ups and downs. You know, there's times of this incredible expansion of the church, you know, moral purity and bravery. And then there's times of infighting and persecution and corruption. You know, as Christians, we're not unaware of this. There's no naivety in Christianity. I think particularly in the UK, to be a Christian is to come face to face with the brokenness of humanity, the reality of evil, the challenges of suffering, and even when it takes everything within us, even when we feel cynical and angry, we still declare and depend on the goodness of God. And all this is wonderful, like this is great to say, lovely, but the question is how? That's what we want. How do I get hold of this peace? Lovely to say peace is available, but when I feel anxious about the mold in my house, <laughs> you know, when I feel terrified about getting ill or someone I love dying or losing my job, then it essentially becomes meaningless if we have no how. Paul, the apostle, writing from prison to the church in Philippi, and like, just get that, the situation he was in prison, you know, he, he knew what he's talking about when he talks about peace and, and chaos. He's in Philippi, he says, rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what we want is the peace of God, that spiritual reality which existed behind the curtain of this world and then has been made known and available through Jesus. We want that in our lives, but how do we get it? Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So our situations, our anxieties, our concerns, how are we going to afford to pay for Christmas this year? What am I going to do if my work find out that I've not been doing my job properly? Like, what if I get ill? Every situation, by prayer and petition, present your request to God. The suffering is real. Like We're not denying that. This is not ignorance of that. The burdens are heavy, but the God who sits in heaven is willing to take them. In a previous church, I used to be in charge of the setup and operations, and I was just as a volunteer, I used to do things like laying the chairs out and stuff and getting a load of things like set up. And it used to be that, you know, on days when I wasn't there, I'd be really like anxious. I'd be like, oh, you know, like, who's going to do this? Who's going to get this done properly? There's things that they don't know how to unlock that door and all this kind of stuff. And there was always one guy who I knew. If I said, can you cover this? Can you just get it done? He would just do it perfectly. You know, so there's other people you kind of go, oh, this isn't going to work out. But here, if I gave it to him, he would just get it done well. And it just meant that I could then be at home, be peaceful, and not worrying about it because things were safe in his hands. And when we offer our worries to God, we are placing them in the hands of someone who is infinitely more equipped to deal with them even than ourselves. Like, we do this prayer ministry thing, this, this time we get each other to pray for one another because we genuinely believe that when we bring things to God, it makes a difference. In prayer through Christ, there is an incredible exchange. We place all our burdens on him, and he pours out his peace on us. I'm not saying it's a fair exchange, but it's definitely great in our favor. Peace is found in the presence of God. I was praying with some friends the other day and asking all kinds of things in prayer. And I had this long list of problems and issues that I just wanted God to deal with. And by the end of the prayer time, I just found myself on my knees, but filled with the overwhelming peace of God. The situations hadn't changed in that moment. They hadn't been dealt with. But my own ability to deal with them, my own sense of peace, my, um, my ability to respond... All of that had been just taken, and it was just given peace instead. And peace, and it's how do we access this peace? So it's found in the presence of God, and we're invited to God through Christ Jesus. 1 Peter says, cast all your anxieties on him 
because he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. That God up there who comes down here cares for us. Like it's so easy to look at that sort of statement, though, and just think that handing our worries over to God is just code for ignoring the problem, our praying about it, and then not really doing anything about it. But I want to say that peace is not easy. Let's not ever get that mistake. Peace is something that we fight for in faith. It is trusting God with things, even when we don't feel like we can. We often prefer to worry and to panic because it gives us a sense of control, which we all love and like to have. But the offer of God is to cast our anxiety on him, and that is an incredible act of faith. And peace isn't inaction. It doesn't mean doing nothing. In a state of peace, God is in heaven. But in a state of peace, God comes down to earth as the sun and, and enters into the world. And he, but it is in peace that he comes into our lives as well through the Holy Spirit. Peace is the state of your heart and your mind as you respond to the suffering and the challenge of the world. We don't act out of panic and chaos, but out of the confidence that comes from knowing God's rule and his reign in every situation, and that he has intervened in the suffering of this world. Peace is the starting point for action. The passage I read from Isaiah is actually the, it's right at the beginning because it's the moment that God sends Isaiah to preach to the people of Judah. It is the beginning of Isaiah's incredible lifelong ministry, saying, look, I give you peace first of all. I, trust you. I want you to know that I am in control, and from there you can go out and do everything I've called you into. I, I want us to have peace. Peace is found in the presence of God. And so what I'm going to do is offer people a chance in a moment to come up and in prayer to place all their worries and their anxieties at the foot of the cross. You're going to come up, you're going to put your hands out just so symbolically that there's nothing we can do about this, that we're, we're empty-handed, we're unable to do this. And what I want you to do is to, in that moment is take a chance to name whatever it is that needs to be handed over to God. And you're going to say, say it, and then God, I give it to you. You don't have to say it to everyone else, you just pray into God, but it's just sometimes good to come up and do this um, to almost declare it to come and do it deliberately and you're going to say god i give it to you and you're going to say that once you're not going to keep saying it to try and sort of do some psychological trick where you convince yourself that everything's fine you're going to say it once because it's a prayer and you're going to trust god and then eventually we'll sit there we'll stand there in silence and wait and eventually someone will come around and pray for you and the prayer that they will be filling is not to take that off because that's been done take the anxiety away all that worry they're going to pray the peace of god fills you um and peace is found in the presence of God. So it'd be great if we could, Ben, do you want to take over? And you can, we can, it'd be great if we could stand and just start to begin to, to respond to this and to be thinking about what is it that we need to hand over to God? What is the thing? What is the anxiety right now that's there? And then start to, start to be praying that. Amazing. I'm going to invite Warren to come and um, just play as we do this so we don't feel too self-conscious. Um, you know what, there's not loads of us today, 